Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to the podcast. I am so glad that you are here. The topic that I am talking about today is something that I get so fired up and passionate about. I can go on rants on this topic for hours and if someone asks me about it, I get way too excited because I feel like it is something that so few people actually know and understand. And when you learn about this, it completely opens up your world of what is considered healthy food and what is not in it. It makes you think a lot deeper about the food that you're eating and what you're putting in your body. So today we are going to talk about the foods that have been vilified in today's society, such as red meat, such as butter, and why these things have gotten a bad rap, what the nuances to it is, what the actual science is behind it, and how you can implement these foods in your diet in a way that can drastically improve your health. I got the inspiration to record an episode about this because if you follow along on Instagram, uh, about a week ago I posted a video that was titled, The Foods I Eat Most Often and Why. And in this video, I highlighted the foods that I eat on pretty much a daily basis, which is red meat, which is cheese, bone broth, butter, eggs, all of these kinds of foods. But I also added nuance to it. I, I said I eat grass-fed beef. I eat grass-fed butter, pasture-raised eggs, things like that. And so today I wanted to discuss those nuances and why they matter and why they determine whether this is a health food or not. So to start off this episode, I just want to say that I eat red meat. I eat butter. I eat eggs, I eat cheese on a daily basis, and I am the healthiest that I have ever been. These these foods, they've gotten such a bad rap over the last 20-something years, but they are not the problem. The red meat is not the problem, the butter is not the problem, the, the eggs, the bacon, the food itself isn't the problem. It The problem is two things. One, it's everything else that has entered our modern diet, like seed oils, like processed and refined sugar and grains and things like that. But it's also the way that these foods have become raised, have been raised and have been prepared that has lessened their quality. Before I dive into these things, though, I do want to add that Yes, I am going to talk about the nuances of grass-fed versus non-grass-fed, pasture-raised versus non-pasture-raised, but regardless of that nuance, these foods are still going to be the healthier choice. I don't want you to fear eating beef because it's not pasture or because it's not grass-fed. I don't want you to fear eggs because they're not pasture-raised. These foods are still going to be drastically better choices than the refined sugar and grains, than anything containing seed oils, because those are going to create a ton more inflammation and dis-ease in the body than red meat and eggs and butter ever will. So please don't let this episode make you fear these foods in any way. I just want to explain the nuances behind it and why these things matter. 
but I don't want you to shy away from buying beef at the grocery store or putting butter in that dish instead of vegetable oil because the butter wasn't grass-fed or because the meat wasn't grass-fed. So know that these choices are still going to be good ones. I just want to fully explain the science. So the things that I'm going to specifically address today are grass-fed, pasture-raised, raw and organic. I'm going to explain what all these things mean, what they apply to, and why they matter. So let's start off with grass-fed and pasture-raised. So grass-fed is going to apply to beef, which means it's also going to apply to anything that comes from beef, which means milk, butter, cheese. And then pasture-raised is going to apply to chickens and pigs and anything that comes from that. So bacon, eggs, actual chicken, um, anything like that. So just like it is important for a human to eat healthy foods so that we can be healthy, it is extremely important for the animals that we are eating to also be healthy. And for them to be healthy, they need to be eating species-appropriate diets. They need to be eating foods that are healthy to them, foods that they are meant to be eating. So when you take cows and chickens that have been fed a non-species appropriate diet. So they're being fed corn and soy based um, meal and they're being fed grains, which is not what their body is meant to be eating. The animal becomes unhealthy. What these animals are supposed to be eating is grass, is all the little bugs and organisms that are in the dirt. It's all of these foods that come from nature. And when you take that away and put in something that's synthetic or processed, the animal is going to become unhealthy. And when the animal is unhealthy, then the nutritional quality of that meat or that milk or that cheese is going to be reduced. This isn't any crazy unknown science. This applies to humans too. If you take breastfeeding mothers, for, an ex- for example, if the mother is not healthy, the breast milk that's going to come from that mother is drastically lower in nutritional quality, in vitamins, nutrients, and everything that that baby needs versus if it came from a mother that is extremely metabolically healthy. So we know this to be true. We just have, for some reason, stopped thinking about this and stopped caring about this in the modern food industry. And so we're taking these cows, we're taking these chickens, we're feeding them crap food, and then we're eating them and wondering why we're no longer reaping the nutritional benefits that these foods are supposed to have, and in some cases even getting some negative effects. So let me explain what this specifically applies to. When you have an animal that is eating the unhealthy diet, a lot of that lack of health, whatever, for better, I can't think of the right word for it, but it goes into the fat of the animal. And this is why steak has gotten a bad rap. This is why red meat has gotten a bad rap because red meat is a fattier meat. And like when you're eating chicken, for example, it's very lean. You're not really getting any fat in it. But when you're eating red meat, you're getting a lot of the fat. And when you take a cow that was fed a crap diet and is a very unhealthy animal, that fat is going to be a lot higher in something called linoleic acid. 
And what this does in our body is it creates inflammation. Linoleic acid is the same thing that is found in extremely high concentrations in seed and vegetable oils, which is the reason those things are extremely harmful to us. So in those things, there's something crazy like 75% linoleic acid in that. Uh, when you take a non-grass-fed meat, it's still only something like 13%, but it's still drastically higher than the 2% that it's supposed to be in that meat. So the red meat is still much better choice than the seed oils, vegetable oils, but it is still a higher percentage than we want to find in our diet versus when you take an animal that is grass-fed and has a species-appropriate diet, that fat, in, instead of being high in linoleic acid, it's going to be very low in linoleic acid and it's actually going to be high in something called stearic acid, which is very, very beneficial for our metabolic health and the signaling in our body to tell us when we are full and when we should stop eating. High concentrations of stearic acid are naturally found in Animal fats are naturally found in butter, are naturally found in fatty steaks, but only when it is of good quality. And really funny side note to this, um, when you, I absolutely never in a million years recommend taking weight loss pills or anything like that. But if you look at the nutrition label of a weight loss pill, um, I actually had a client bring one to me once that she took, had taken a long time ago and she brought the bottle to me to show me the number one ingredient on the pill was stearic acid. They literally take stearic acid, which is what is naturally found in fatty meats and the in the fat of meats and the fat of milk and butter and all these things, and they put it in weight loss pills to help people lose weight. So this thing is very healthy and beneficial to our metabolic health. And when an animal when the, the fat of an animal is healthy because the animal was eating a species-appropriate diet, that is going to be found naturally in that fat. So we like stearic acid. We do not like linoleic acid. And just side note, this is why the whole push for only eating lean meat, only eating lean chicken and lean fish bothers me so, so much because fatty meat is so, so healthy. There are so many more nutrients and good things for our body in a fatty, good quality steak than there is in a piece of chicken. You are getting so much more bang for your buck when you are eating these things, but they've gotten a bad rap because the food industry has just completely wrecked these foods that are supposed to be so beautiful and nutritious for us. But these foods are healthy. It is okay to eat fatty meat. It is a better, I would much rather eat a fatty steak than eat a piece of chicken where I'm not going to get much nutritional quality from that piece of chicken. And I will say one other nuance to this is another reason fatty meats and steak and red meat has gotten a bad rap is because our society has become more and more and more metabolically unhealthy because we are consuming higher quantities of seed and vegetable oils and processed sugars and grains than ever. And when you are metabolically unhealthy and then you choose to eat red meat or something like that that is going to be higher in saturated fat, that can cause issues in the body. But it's not because the red meat was the problem. It did not cause the problem. The fact that you were metabolically unhealthy caused the problem. The fact that you are consuming way too high quantities of seed and vegetable oils and processed foods, that is what created the problem. And that is what needs to be eliminated from the diet.
but that's a that's a whole side rant that I could go on. And one final point, on top of that, a grass-fed and a pasture-raised animal is going to be a lot higher in a lot of the nutrients and minerals and fat-soluble vitamins that our body needs to thrive. It's going to be in higher concentrations in the meats. It's going to be in higher concentrations in anything that the animal produces. So eggs, milk, which and then from that milk, butter, and cheese, those things are going to be significantly higher in the vitamins and minerals that we need to thrive. So we're getting a lot more bang for our buck when we are eating those foods that have come from those good quality animals and also avoiding any of the negative things. So that is the nuance for grass-fed and pasture-raised. Next, I want to move on to raw. Raw is going to apply to things like milk and honey, things that typically get pasteurized, which means they get heated to a very high temperature to kill any potential bad bacteria that may be in it. I went on a whole rant about raw milk on an earlier episode, but I will do it again here. The reason that drinking raw milk, eating raw honey is so important is because when these things get pasteurized, it kills all of the extremely good bacteria and enzymes that are in these things that help our body and help our gut thrive. And it also kills a lot of the vitamins in these things. Honey, for example, like good raw honey is a superfood. There are so many little things in that honey that are so beneficial for our body and gut. Raw milk is a superfood. It is filled with bacteria and enzymes and all of these good things for our body. And when we pasteurize it, we just completely take away the nutritional quality of these things. But the reason that pasteurization became a thing is because milk started becoming mass-produced. They took all of these cows and they started feeding them crap diets and they crammed them all in a room together. And suddenly these animals became very unhealthy and their milk started to show it. It started to develop a lot of bad bacteria and things that didn't exist before when cows were happily raised on a farm. So yes, pasteurization was necessary for mass-produced milk because the milk was terrible quality, but To take something that's terrible quality and just put a band-aid over it doesn't actually fix the problem. It's not changing the fact that this milk is being produced in a terrible way. So when we're drinking raw milk, we are getting it directly from a farm that takes care of their animals. They're healthy cows that live outside in the sunlight eating grass. And so you don't have that danger of the bad bacteria in the milk. So when we are drinking raw milk, we are going to get a ton more healthy bacteria, enzymes, all these things. And that's going to be the same for honey when we're drink- when we're eating a raw honey that is local from a good, um, I guess, farm, you would still call it. You are going to get a lot of great things out of that honey. So that is why raw matters. And then that also will apply to cheese and butter. It is a lot harder to find raw cheese and raw butter, um, but you can find raw cheese in some grocery stores. And this is going to be great because there's going to, again, be just a lot more nutrients in that cheese. Um, most of the time, if you buy a, like an actual block of Parmesan, it's going to be raw. Most Parmesans are still raw. Um, you can find a lot of raw goat cheeses at Sprouts and places like that. Um, but when you're eating cheese and butter, 
It is really important for the butter that it comes from a grass-fed cow. So you'll see on the label if it's grass-fed butter or not. Um, Kerrygold is one of the really popular brands that is grass-fed, so that's a really good quality butter. Um, but for cheese, it's also important that it comes from a grass-fed cow, and that it's a non-processed cheese. When you're buying cheese that is sliced in a plastic bag or shredded in a plastic bag, most of those are going to be really highly processed. And so we want to buy the cheeses that are still in their block, and on the label, you can see that it is from a grass-fed animal, that hopefully it's raw, but if not, just that it's a good quality, not highly processed cheese, so that it still maintains all the nutrients that are going to come from that cheese. We're not having any any craft cheese or anything like that. We want to make sure we're actually eating it in its true healthy form. So that was grass-fed, pasture-raised, raw. The last one we have is organic. And this is going to apply to anything that grows out of the ground. So vegetables, fruit, even rice, coffee, coffee beans, um, anything that grows from the ground has the potential to have pesticides sprayed on it. And unfortunately, pesticides are very, very detrimental to our gut health. It kills our gut bacteria. And that is why eating organic fruit, organic rice, all these things is so important because we want to make sure we're avoiding getting those pesticides in our diet. And I want to say for this one, I fully understand that buying organic is expensive. It is a lot more expensive to buy the organic fruit, to buy the organic rice. So you know, do the best you can with what you have. If you cannot buy organic, wash your fruit, soak your rice, and just do the best you can to remove these pesticides or avoid the fruits, avoid the the rice or whatever it is that is going to be higher in pesticides. So just make the choice that works best for you. And that goes with the grass-fed and the pasture-raised as well. Um, grass-fed meat, I get my grass-fed ground beef at Wild Fork, which is a place that we have in Florida. I'm not sure if it's at other places, but it's $5 a pound. Um, they sell it grass-fed meat, um, grass-fed ground beef at Aldi for $5 a pound, at Costco for $5 a pound. So that can be very affordable if you're getting it from those places. I get my pasture-raised eggs from Sprouts or Aldi. Those are where I'm going to find the best prices for those. And grass-fed butter is pretty much the same price as other butter. So that one's not a big difference. Um, but what are the other things that I left out? Oh yes, cheese and milk. So um, grass-fed cheeses and raw milk are going to be more expensive. Um, so again, do the best you can with what you have. If you can't afford to get raw milk from your local farm, get grass-fed milk. A lot of the pasteurized milks in the grocery store sell milk that is still, it's still pasteurized, but it's from grass-fed cows. And that already is a huge difference. So just do what you can with what you have. And just being intentional about the little details can make all of the difference. And I also want to note, it's not just about what you're adding. You know, maybe a lot of these things are not attainable for you, but if you're at least cutting out your seed and vegetable oils, if you're cutting out the super processed inflammatory grains and processed sugars, that is already going to make the world of a difference in your health. So there is always a decision that you can make towards better health. You always have control in some way. So just remember that. Make the best decision that you can in each moment with what you have. But yeah, there you have it. That's my my ramble on grass-fed and raw and pasture-raised and all the things. I hope 
that it makes sense. If you have any questions, you can 100% reach out and ask me. I'm sure there's points that I left out or things that I forgot to say. Um, but I really hope this helps. This was something that when I learned it, it just blew my mind because I, you know, for the longest time just thought all these things were bad and I would avoid red meat and I would avoid butter and all these things because I thought it was bad for me. And then I learned this and I was like, oh my God, it just blew my mind. And so I love sharing it with other people to empower them to make great health choices. So I hope this helped you. I hope you're going to make some of these switches and hopefully see some really great results from it. Um, if you loved this episode, I would absolutely love if you would share it on social, share it with a friend, subscribe, please leave me a review. It would mean the world to me. And until next time, I hope you have a wonderful week. I hope you make today a great day and I hope it is filled with all the growth and joy and goodness that you need.